R E A R E A R E A R E A Audio Rea Audio. 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 Anyone else, even people from outside the industry, that has a story of how a person, an event, a situation, or a moment in time has changed theirs or someone else's life. We want to tell those stories because stories are the way our minds process everything. So there's no better way to teach, inspire, and grow than through the experiences of others. So please join us for the remastered, reinvigorated, and retooled REA Audio, debuting June 24th. Now, if you've listened to REA Audio in the past, the name Scott Mann probably rings a bell. Scott is a retired U.S. Army Green Beret and now leads what he identifies as a tribe of leaders in his organization called Rooftop Leadership. Scott's been a guest on this podcast several times, and I'm proud to be associated with his movement and leadership guidance. Scott's also very involved with the transition of military veterans into civilian life. His nonprofit, The Hero's Journey, focuses on giving our service people and first responders a voice to tell their stories. I noticed once when speaking with Scott, he used the term PTS rather than the more standard version PTSD for post-traumatic stress disorder. He very intentionally removes the term disorder when discussing this condition that many, many, many people face coming out of certain situations. That's what made this first story kind of pop to me this week. Although the story references PTSD, I'm going to stick with PTS. I like that a little bit better. PTS helps first responders from policeone.com, a story that appeared in Quad City Times. As always, a link can be found to this and all the stories we're going to reference this week in the show notes. So Mandy Tripp, a 16-year-old dispatch center veteran, answered a 911 call from a woman who was, quote, screaming at a very high pitch. Help me, help me, my baby is dead. Help me, my baby is dead, over and over again. The screaming continued for over two minutes while Miss Tripp struggled to calm the woman enough to get an address so she could dispatch an ambulance. After finally being able to do that, she passed the call to a medical dispatcher who tried to assist the mother until the ambulance arrived. Ms. Tripp was able to hear the radio traffic from the medical dispatcher, emergency medics, and the police. Well, without going into the terrible details, the radio traffic was very graphic and police discussed turning the area into a crime scene. Although she'd taken all kinds of calls very similar to this, Ms. Tripp said that the mother's scream was beyond normal. It was guttural and awful. Ms. Tripp went through counseling and was eventually diagnosed with PTS. She eventually filed a workers' compensation claim, and it was denied because the deputy workers' comp commissioner said that these dispatchers routinely, that's in quotes, took calls involving death and traumatic injuries. Now, this went up the legal chain, and the denial was eventually overturned after the appeal went to the Iowa Supreme Court, where it was decided that PTS arose out of and in the course of her employment. Claimants previously had to prove that their trauma or the triggering event was sudden, traumatic, and unexpected in their occupation. 
It's the unexpected part that seems to have been the reason for the ruling. Writing from the majority, Justice Matthew McDermott said the majority found that Tripp's PTS diagnosis qualifies as personal injury under the current statute. The majority also found that Tripp's PTS arose out of and in the course of her employment as an emergency dispatcher. The way the district court interpreted the Iowa workers' compensation statute would put emergency dispatchers, paramedics, police officers, and firefighters at a disadvantage compared with other workers. It's the incremental stress that builds up that leads to the PTS in most of these situations, and now it's easier for first responders to get help, at least in Iowa. I was having a conversation with Crystal, our HR director, the other day about workplace habits and some of the things that employers are doing to accommodate workers since the great resignation. Now, I'm kind of an old school guy and I'm resigned to the theory that you give your time and talent to your employer and in turn, they give you an agreed upon amount of money. Well, that being said, this article that I saw in workerscompensation.com gave me a bit of a flashback. My first real career job out of college was at a radio station in Tampa, Florida. Good times and great oldies. Oldies Radio U92. Well, it was an interesting start for a 22-year-old kid who loved ACDC and the Ramones, right? But that's a story for another time. Now, I drove from Buffalo, New York to Tampa in my Bronco 2 with everything I owned in a small U-Haul trailer hitched to the back. Very exciting stuff. I can remember my first day like it was yesterday. My desk in an office that I had to share with my boss. My computer, which was dubbed Old Smoky because it tended to overheat from time to time. My first cell phone that was called a brick. It was so big and bulky, I felt like I was calling in artillery strikes in World War II with it. I even had a pager. Good times. So why am I telling you all this? Because I also remember being told that my workday was from eight to five. Eight to five, wait a minute. Now based on the song and the movie from the 80s, wasn't the standard workday supposed to be from nine to five? Aha, yes, an eight hour workday with an hour unpaid lunch. And there you have it, it's eight to five. I was stunned. Apparently that revelation still takes place some 30 years later. Turns out that people are complaining about just that type of thing on TikTok. They're calling it a scam and that it's sneaky. Well, there's a story in workerscompensation.com this week called Ben Robbed. It lays out this and many other surprises that people find when they start new jobs. As you can imagine, with many folks returning to work with the great resignation, employees and employers are facing some unique and not so unique challenges. Check out the link to the story in the show notes. It's interesting and it takes you to a lot of different related directions. Doesn't seem as though this should come as a big surprise, but a story in insurancebusinessmag.com this week presents the results of a traveler study about first-year employees and the risk of injuries. Just another reason to retain current employees and get injured workers back to their regular job as soon as you can. The study found that more than one-third of workplace injuries occurred during the employee's first year on the job. And this doesn't change based on the industry experience of the worker or their age. Chris Hayes, Assistant VP Travelers Risk Control, Workers' Compensation and Transportation, says it's tricky to pinpoint exactly why this is the case, but often it's because of the newness of an environment with a different pace, management structure, and expectations. Chris didn't say this, so I will. Look into using a return-to-work program like Reemployability's Transition to Work so you don't have to hire new people that are at a greater risk of injury. That's just my shameless plug. So here's a workers' comp joke to wrap things up for this week. I found it on insurancefinder.com, and just because I'm from Tampa doesn't mean I have a really good pirate voice, so please bear with me. So after many years at sea, 
a pirate decided to retire. He'd suffered injuries on the job and he thought he should collect his workers' compensation insurance. He had a wooden leg, a hook where his right hand should be, and a patch over his right eye. The agent assured him that he would be compensated if the injuries were work-related. So how did you get your wooden leg, asked the agent. Arr, me and me mates were on the high seas when the boom swang around and knocked me into the sea where a shark bit me leg off. The agent replied, that is certainly work-related. Now how did you lose your hand? Well, matey, me and me mates were on the high seas when the boom swang around and knocked me into the sea where a shark bit off me hand. Well, that's work-related too. Now, how did you lose that eye, asked the agent. The pirate replied, well, matey, I was lying on the deck one balmy day catching some rays when a seagull flew by and dropped his duty in my right eye. What does that have to do with the loss of your eye, asked the agent. It were me first day with me hook. Yeah, it took me a few minutes to figure that one out too, so uh, it's a good dad joke. So that's it for this week. Thanks for listening to REA Audio. If you have any comments or suggestions for an upcoming episode, no comments about my jokes, please let us know. Email Todd at reemployability.com. Also follow REA Audio on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out more content at listentorea.com. We have more news highlights next week. And remember, if you have a story to tell or know someone who does, please don't be shy. Email Todd at reemployability.com. I'd love to chat. Have a great week. 